Hello and welcome to the third episode of the third season of the Plebs on Footy podcast. I'm your host, Rory O'Kane, and as always, regrettably, I'm joined by Scott Fotheringham. It's over, Banjo. It's over. It's finally happened. I'm so happy. I was amazed how bitter you were after I was so You were clearly bitter. Some of those messages... You were very blunt and very angry, <laughs> and as soon as I mentioned anything about Max Gorn, you, you were not a happy man. No, I was not. No, I was not. But that was partly because of who I'd been sitting near. Uh, some guy had been screaming out that he was a one-hit wonder the entire game, and I was like, for five seasons, he was in the best three ruckmen in the competition. Wait, who? Goldie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he'd been nominated for All-Australian two times before he was the All-Australian ruckman. Sit down if you don't know anything. If you're going to heckle, at least be smart about it. You, you know what I think it is that made you so bitter? I think it was just sinking in that I was also going to beat you in fantasy. No, I haven't checked my scores yet. Ah, oh, sure, no, sure. No, no, no. That, that came Sunday, and then I didn't leave my room. And, <laughs> and I've had a look as well. I'm beating you by one tip as well. I, like, you'd be very Are you gay. only beating me by one tip? Yeah, I, I had a I shot. I thought I was doing terrible. <laughs> <laughs> this week, I went all right. I got seven this week. Uh, but how, how much more terrible two weeks in a row. How bad did you do two weeks ago? I don't know. Pretty pretty awful. I, I, I don't remember, but I, I didn't have a good start. But I'm back on now. The days of one, better than you in fantasy, better than you were tipping. Look, I'm just a superior human being. Well, you have two backmen get hurt in the first quarter that scored only about 20 points. That kind <laughs> of hurts. Mate, excuses. I bet you're pretty comfortably. Yeah. Hey, wait, in March, bang, didn't make any difference because you, you got your emergency coming, you flog. I was a bit angry about that. I had Toby Green out, I had Brad Hill out, I had Sicily out. Oh, look, at, look at my ass, And buddy. I beat you, mate. I beat you. We'll see what happens finals time, Scotty. But people don't listen to us to listen to us talk great about weekend. Most people don't listen to us anyway, but let's let's get on to it. Yeah, another thing which makes me superior is my segments. My segments are far better than you. So we're going on to the best segment, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket, that where we give, we give three, two, one votes for the most meaningless games of the round. I thought you were a good friend of mine. <laughs> Mate, I'm just so much better kicking than you. Me when, I, I, I have to <laughs> Kicking happy, me when I'm down. I'm just, I'm just a happy man. But anyway, title derives from a line of Happy Gilmore. Gold oh, Jacket, Green Jacket, really, who gives a shit? Now you're really rubbing it in. 3 2 1 votes for the most meaningless games of the round. Uh, I battled a bit with what to give one vote to. I wanted to give it to Carlton Collingwood because I thought that was pretty meaningless. But I think people have been talking so much about how meaningless it was being on a Friday night that it's kind of become meaningful yeah, and there's a talking point. It's like the horseshoe. It's come so gone so far the other way that it's come back around the other side. Yeah, exactly right. So. I pushed that aside, and unfortunately I have to give one vote to my boys. Frio defeated Gold Coast by 28 points. I see this as more meaningful than you would see it as, because I reckon they're all right, the Dockers. And I think for a long time, the Dockers have had a very boring structure, but a lot of very exciting players around it. Now we're starting to allow their exciting players to come to the fore. And I watched the back half after the Melbourne game and thought it was very enjoyable. Yeah, look, there's... There is something there. They've got a very easy draw as well, which is going to hold them in good stead. Uh, their home ground advantage seems to still exist, yep. which yep. I, I had some doubts would be as strong with the change in ground shape. Mm-hmm. But I guess we probably should wait for a bigger sample size than beating, uh, what is it, Essendon and uh, Gold Coast? Yes, well, yeah. Essendon no, there's is plenty, there, There's plenty of sides that are around that area, and if they keep beating those, they'll be fine. I'm not mm. discounting that. They, they did, like... Completely outplay Gold Coast. That that flatters Gold Coast twenty eight. Yeah, you reckon they were, they were easily the better team across the day and just didn't finish off for most of it. Eventually, got on top. So go Dockers. 
Um, moving on for two votes. Uh, Actually, can I just talk about one thing with that game? I you, just want to shout out Jared Lyons. I'm all in on that guy. He's you replacing Aaron Hall. Are you still lost? I don't care. What did he get? It was something. 150 odd. <laughs> Let's stop talking about fantasy, Scott. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about fantasy this week. Yeah, and we won't again. It'll be inconsistent, and we should be consistent. Uh, and you made Aaron Hall as a dud. Yeah, he's replacing Aaron Hall. I need a Gold Coast. You had a segment Aaron Hall watch for about yeah. five weeks. Aaron Hall watch. He, he got tagged. He, out of the he game. didn't do anything. <laughs> uh, he's no good. But anyway, moving on. Two votes now. Uh, now this proves that I'm not biased because this was personally the most significant result I think I can ever remember. Uh, Twelve years of hell. You haven't won a final since you were, what, 12? About, about the same time. Yeah. <laughs> 2006. So I've gone through hell, and this was extremely significant for me personally, but I recognise that objectively it didn't mean a lot. So we're giving it Melbourne defeated North Melbourne. I just like say, you're a bigger points. man than I am. I would have no way put this in gold jacket, green jacket. But what did we learn from it? I mean, we were just... I'm better than you by enough throughout most of the day. It was, Eventually we got on top it of It was a classic better side wins in a game where the lower side shows up. It was We were there That's for fair. a lot That's of fair. it, but then you just kicked away late because you were too big and too yeah. strong. I think the second and third quarters we were clearly on top and just didn't put you away. And then yeah. eventually it just it just became a bit too much. We got I think top um, what's a really good side for you is... How you performed with Clayton Oliver getting tagged out of the game. Mm-hmm. And I know Max was tremendous, so you'd have the midfield dominance without him doing anything. But uh, for up until, what, 10 minutes to go in the last quarter, he had 16 touches and kicked a goal. Yeah. And you were still comfortably winning in the midfield. And to be honest, I think your midfield needs to be rock solid for you to get where you want to go. I agree. And I think the... I rely heavily on that. Yeah. Uh, having Petrarca play quite well, and he was playing through the forward line a bit more as well, so it wasn't just through the midfield. All the Lewis, Tyson, all of them played pretty well. You didn't really have any standouts. It was a very even performance, I thought, because you didn't have Apart someone... Apart Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking... When I say midfield, I'm not talking about the rough, but you've done this, like, the entire I year. just want to bring up Maxwell Gorn at every opportunity. Yeah. He also... He did noticeably not hit it down to Clayton as much as he normally does. I actually thought that was clearly a tactic. and it oh, was, interesting. That was actually... Yeah, that's pretty smart that we could have done that. He, he, was, he, he doesn't normally hit it to Salem often at all, and Salem got a lot of clearances. Interesting. Uh, the only... Not the only... The only worry for you... Oscar McDonald's a bit of a worry. I know people yeah. have been talking about... I, actually, I actually was really happy with his first Oscar half. McDonald is the only backman I've ever seen Ben Brown throw out of the way. <laughs> Yeah. Which isn't a good sign at all. I, I was really happy with his first half. He's all right. He's a good for 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 Ben Brown the way he plays. He was kind of kind of a good matchup in some ways because goes he's, with the lead. Yeah, and he's when he's playing off his man, he's actually quite good with getting a fist in yeah. there. And I thought he did quite a good job in the first half, but eventually Brown was too strong for him, which is yeah. a bit of a bit of a concern. Because Brown is not a strong forward. That's not his game. You know I think Oscar McDonald is a problem. But I preferred our back set up with Frost in there. Um, Lever was basically just a loose man and he played better. Well that, to be honest, pretty much has to be his role at this stage. Yeah. Which isn't a good sign for how much you paid for him, but you've got to get him comfortable in the system and I think easing him in is probably a better way of doing it. And you would have been too small, I think, without him. Yep. But anyway, we probably should move on. Uh, this yep. is meant to be the segment we get through quickly. Uh, three votes I'm going to give to Adelaide and St Kilda. Adelaide defeated St Kilda by 49 points. So to those teams, we say... 
gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? The race has been run and won for the early team that is under the most heat. Uh, the, the doggies. Yes, it was tight for two rounds. Yeah, but the, the doggies managed to scrap their way out of it this week. So I, I, I do think I do think Collingwood would have been up there if they'd lost. And actually, Carlton are getting more crap yeah, than they should be. People are still waiting to jump in <laughs> Collingwood. Uh, yeah, maybe Carlton. Uh, uh, in some ways, I reckon this was more concerning than the previous week for St Kilda because they actually turned up their first yeah. quarter and a bit. They were actually really competitive. They really went in. Um, but they just they just weren't good enough. Like there was just no polish, no system. Mm. They just they looked really lost. So well, it gets to that point where you think maybe they're just not a good enough team. Yeah, to be honest, watching it, it had the exact same issues they had against North. Really, mm-hmm. they, their system just broke down due to yeah unforced errors, errors that shouldn't be made, errors that there wasn't a great deal of pressure. But instead of having a bit of momentum and kicking the ball inside fifty, they. Try a switch and kick it out on the, just in, on the wing. It's, you can't build a system. It doesn't matter what your forwards are doing if you can't kick it. They, they look really lost going forward. They really just don't have any system with the way they move the ball. Yeah, they're one of the few teams that hasn't, and we, which is really weird because they've got three tall forwards, but they're one of the few teams that haven't figured out a system to have a forward anchor to use as, not a bailout kick, but a targeted attack without... Like without having to finesse the ball, which mm. you sometimes need. And I don't understand what they're doing with Membry and Bruce. I don't think they know what not. they're doing with Membry and Bruce. I really they're, struggle they're, to they're, look at what they're trying to do. They're honestly just falling over each other. They don't play as a unit. Mm. Um, and that forward line's just not working. I think they've been found out a little bit because at the start of Richardson's coaching tenure, what he did well, and I've said this a lot, and this is what I think good coaching is in a lot of ways, is he created a lot of easy goals. So when Bruce kicked a bucket load, when Membry kicked 40 in a year, they weren't like intimidating big key forward years where you got a lot of marks on the lead or pack marks turning into goals. It was a lot of eddies. It, it, it was the way they moved it through the midfield. Yeah. They moved it quickly enough that there was so much space for yeah, them. And they'd they always, they draw, the, they'd lower, draw the last defender and leave the key forward running into an open goal. And that was a tactic of theirs, but I, they're not. It's not working this year, yeah. and you got to question why. That that makes you think maybe it is as much a midfield issue because it, it worked when the ball was moving mm. in quickly enough, and maybe it just looks so sloppy when the ball's not getting yeah. in there and properly. Part of that makes me feel bad for McCartan because there's not many key forwards that could impact the game with the service he's getting. Yes, I, I still don't think he's up to it, though. He, he looks so... He, he doesn't look like he knows how to read the ball in the air a lot yeah, of the time. Yeah, true. He, he's just not launching at it. Um, uh, he doesn't look nearly up to AFL standard right now. The only thing I'd say is I think he probably needs a volume of inside 50 entries targeted at him to really get confident. Yeah, find his they're, they're not helping him, but I, I don't think he's yeah, up to scratch. Probably anyway. a bit of chicken and egg with it. Uh, but yeah, Adelaide... Just good with that with the injury list they've got. Like yeah, what their yeah. midfield's doing is quite impressive. Yeah. Bryce Gibbs is going nuts. Now they'll be good. They'll they'll click at some point this year and they'll be really good. I don't they're a little bit underdone, a little off. bit injured. Yeah. Like beating aside by fifty points away, it's nothing to sneeze at no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the Essendon defeat looks really bad, but you know, you have a blip. But anyway, let's move on to the uh, the more interesting games. We had Collingwood defeat Carlton by twenty four points. Brendan Bolton's apparently going to get sacked now. I've heard from a lot of Carlton supporters that they believe this was the worst they've ever seen Carlton play. 
They've played some pretty bad footy in the last few years. That's pretty brutal. That's ridiculous. I they've think had, they've had games where they didn't try and score, and then their defense broke down. Yeah, I think what it is, it's more obvious how poor they are when they're trying to play aggressive footy because the mistakes just become so obvious, and, and they then kill you on the way. And they're, they're they're fumbling, and then they're you know vulnerable in the defense, and that just as a supporter makes you tear your hair out. But I'm actually I'm still. With going with a glass half full look at Carlton, I I think I honestly think the path that Bolton has been on has been great, and I think they're going through a, an adjustment period of finding how to balance that forward and defence. And I can see more talent in that list than I've ever seen before. So I, I still think they're largely on the right track. Yeah, I'm feeling more confident and more confident in my wooden spoon prediction. But there is... I'm not. I reckon they'll I reckon they'll turn it around at some okay, point this the, year. They'll put it together. Who's going to be worse? Who's going to be worse? Yeah. Um, on balance, you can't actually say North. North, yeah. You think we'll be worse? I, I, I think Colin, I think Carlton will finish above North, yes. Okay. <laughs> they, they, they have I more ability. And we saw enough little signs in round one to show their, their kids starting to work together. It hasn't worked the last couple of weeks, no doubt about that. But they'll start to do that more and more consistently. They'll find a balance. And I think they have a bloody good coach in charge. And I, I think at some point this year they'll start playing some pretty good footy. Oh, yeah. I don't see I it. I can't see it happening at all. <laughs> yeah, but we're, we're going to play fine footy the entire year. Are you? We just beat St Kilda by 50 points a week ago. We just... You're supposed to be top eight and we were in it till halfway through the last we quarter. We killed you. Yeah, but you weren't. You hadn't killed us until halfway through the last quarter. Whatever, Banjo. You're a bitter man this week. I'm not a bitter man at all. I just don't see how you can rate Carlton above North Melbourne up. Not going forward for this year. Fine, whatever. Okay. Uh, the other thing which I, I... I don't understand all the media anger about Carlton getting a Friday night game. On the back of oh. this week. I mean, they, they get a massive crowd there. It's Carlton-Collingwood, like a classic rivalry. That's a really good showcase. I, I, I would have put it Saturday night, because that way you can look at another game. But... And you'd still get the crowd. But Carlton, the stat that's been going around is Carlton haven't won in 10 Friday night games and they've lost by an average of 66 points. Yeah. You cannot say they well, deserve... They're always going to get one because they get the one at the start of the year and they get a couple more on top of that and people start to get annoyed about it. But this is fair enough. Carlton Collingwood on Friday night at the G with nearly 70,000 there. I'd be fine if it was a Saturday game, but a Friday night game where it's the only game to watch, I don't think is... Right, and given it's a showcase, it should be about at least a little bit about merit and a little bit about the equality of giving every team a chance to show what they've got. Carlton don't deserve it by any metric other than other than <laughs> other than the AFL wants the short term dollars. They're not looking at it as a holistic point of view, and I don't agree with it. I- but I'm just being kind of commercially realistic, and I see that I don't think the AFL are going to look at this game and think that was a failure on a Friday night. Well, no, I get it from a commercial perspective. I just don't think that's the right way to frame that decision. It's inevitable that they will. <laughs> anyway, do you think anything positive about this performance for Collingwood? Ah, uh, I mean, yeah, no, good on them for getting the job done. But I, I, I would, like, they had to win this game. I didn't have any doubt in my mind that they would win this game. I was shocked when people were suggesting that they would win this game. I uh, lose this game, so I just it's yeah, that what was, they I had, had to do, should have done. 
I think it was a lot of media people hoping for the Zach Buckley story to be back. Exactly. People were hoping for that excitement, and it didn't happen, as it would never have happened, and that's why I probably wanted to put it in gold jacket, green jacket. But yeah. But let's move on. Four defeated Brisbane <laughs> by a meagre five points. Makes a D's performance last week look a bit better, doesn't it? Yeah, but also St Kilda's the week before. So, you know, <laughs> ups and downs. <laughs> you can you never have any idea at this point of the uh, season. No. I think it says a lot about uh, Paddy Ryder's importance to Port. Stefan Martin went nuts. That is that. I mean, what is there anything else to what to take out of this game other than Paddy Ryder was down... Steph Martin just had an absolute field day. And what <laughs> structure was thrown out. I don't think you can really take anything away from it unless Paddy Ryder's out long term. If Paddy Ryder's out long term, there are serious worries. He's, he's, ma- it was he's back month, in a week it? or so. Yeah. He's not far off. But from this, it's good for Brisbane. They do look, look, look like they've improved. Uh, their recruits have been good. Hodge and Cameron. I, like it's positive, really positive for Brisbane. And Christensen has been a really big return yeah. for them. That's been really significant. Um, Practically and yeah, a new recruit. You can't sit on Brisbane when you play Brisbane. You have to turn up, and that, that's what we've learned. Yeah, because they move the ball well enough now to sco- kick a score. Yeah. So you have to be switched on to defend well, and you will get opportunities to kill them on the turnover because they don't defend that well, and that's a part of their development. But I think, overall, it's a positive development step so far for them. Absolutely. I don't think you'd really lose much sleep if you're Port, though. Mm-hmm. It's just a bit of a, a win you got when no, you had a bad yeah, day. No, yeah, they got the win. They're 3-0 and now. I'm, I'm, I'm very much on the Port bandwagon. And I think, like, it, it's funny how last week they managed to get away with having Ryder out. Um, Dixon yeah. did a really good job. And that was such a stoppage game. I thought that was really interesting. Um, and then... This week, it seemed to get on top of I think Sinclair is the kind of Ruckman that Dixon would do okay at. Because he's not the most physical Ruckman Sinclair's in the world. Sinclair's playing all right, mate. He he's on the play- bench in my fantasy. He's averaging about 105. I know you tried to flog him for me. I, I know. <laughs> he's a waste with Maxie on the field, mate. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've, I lost my train of thought. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> Sydney defeated GWS by 16. So this is a real surprise, to be honest. I mean... A little bit, yeah. I... My thought process was very similar to the previous week tipping when they played Port Adelaide. I was thinking, it's on the SCG, Sydney will play the game they want it to be played and maybe they'll be alright, but after Port Adelaide beating them last week, and I think GWS are a better team than Port Adelaide, yeah. I expect a GWS to, I think to get this the job done. quite considerably Cameron getting out coached. I think he made the biggest error of the day, which was moving Whitfield from halfback to the wing. They had no drive off halfback and no direction off halfback in their forward movement. And I think it really cost them. They were a lot more direct in the first two rounds. And I think that was a real area of improvement for them compared to what they had last did, year. Did they put. But they moved into the wing to replace Scully because he has the running capacity. Mm. But he. There was, there's no space on the FCG anyway. So he couldn't really influence the game. He was tagged out of it, from what I could tell, by Hewitt. I just think it was a dumb decision. Did, did they noticeably put anyone else in Whitfield's role of half-back? Not really. They, they just, Whoever they did, didn't do well enough to be like, that's what they've done. Yeah, they, we're starting to think now that maybe that that's GWS's biggest strength. I mean, that was a massive thing for them last year with Wilson and Williams, and then mm. they hadn't had any issues with it in the first couple of rounds because Whitfield did such a great job yeah. filling that role. Maybe that's where you cut them off at the legs. Yeah, they, they would rely possible. on that a lot because they're not dominant in a contest and they 
kick no. a lot of goals on the rebound. That's very, very true. They're, I think Cornelio coming back has really helped them in the contest, though, because with him, Ward, Shield, and Kelly, that's pretty tough. <laughs> I, I think Cornelio is probably their best player. Because he, he's, he's plays both ways as well. He's a defensive I'm player. By he's Josh Kelly. Ex- but I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I, I, it's a battle between I, I, it's a battle between those two. I don't think you're particularly wrong, which is a huge deal. <laughs> some people some people try to say Toby Green, he's not as good as those two. He's better relative to everybody else in his position, Toby Green. But midfield is the most important spot on the ground, and he used to everyone used to say it's an half forward. It's not anymore. It's clearly the midfield, mm. and so those two playing that role to an absolute elite level. I think would, would you accept Cornelio's most important player? No, because that, that, I think, there is the omen for Toby Green. No, I'd say Cornelio, because, what he does for that midfield and actually gives him a more workmanlike defensive performance. You get that from Ward, though. Uh, not to the same levels when you got both of them there, but you don't lose it entirely. Cornelio's been in and out last couple of years. It's so noticeable when he comes back in. That that has given them an extra an extra element in that part of the game. Yeah, but if you lost Josh Kelly, you'd lose an element as well. See, I don't know. I Kelly, don't know if you would though. They have so many players who can do that, and obviously he's a great player, so you'd miss him. But other players would be able to step up when Cornelio's taken out of that role. I don't. Who there's do they a big have that is balanced as Kelly is? No one. He's their best player. Yeah, but. No, like he's their best, most talented player. <laughs> is what I mean. He's, he's their Just most talented, flip straight off- away. offensive player. That was only two minute conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't mean to say. He's their most talented player at that top level in what we're talking about in that sort of that element of it. But in what. Cornelio brings in all aspects of the game. He's more important. I just don't think you can discount what he does defensively. Though he laid, he had a bad he's, game against Collingwood. He laid ten tackles. He's defensively fine, but he's defensively fine the same way that like a Selwood's fine, and that you know they'll lay a few tackles when they get to the contest second. But he's not a defensive minded player. Okay, I disagree with you, but I I know you the do. validity <laughs> of your argument. And look, I'm not going to pretend I'm not biased. Um, Richmond defeated Hawthorne by thirteen points. This is a lot closer than it should have been. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty brave comeback, but this is about right. You've got nothing. <laughs> no, I've got nothing, mate. I didn't, I didn't get to watch it, mate. Oh, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, Richmond were just too good for the majority of the game. Just would cut off everything really high up the ground. They, they Hawks just couldn't uh, leave the defensive 50. And if you do that to a side, you're bound to play really well. They were just a bit bigger and quicker for a most of the game. Cochin looked really good. Dusty, I don't think he's actually been as good as he was last year. So far, I know he had 24-5, which is unbelievable the week before. But <laughs> oh, he, he was, was pretty he, fucking good in round one as well. Yeah, but he was, like, unbelievably good the year before. And now he's just... <laughs> We've now got some just, extremely high Now he just might be only the best player in the competition. <laughs> Not the best player in the competition <laughs> by a mile. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so Cochin was really good in set up. He's running through the lines a lot better than I've noticed him last year. But to only win by 13 points against Hawthorne, who, you know, I don't rate particularly highly. No, I'm getting, I'm getting a little bit worried about Hawthorne. <sighs> they, they, they've had a very good first three rounds. Yeah, but where are they going to finish? Sixth? 
Yeah. I don't care if they but finish. But that, that worries me. Like, that, I don't want them to be in the top eight. That, that's, that's a pretty good team who finishes sixth. Yeah, that's the second oldest team in the competition. They just go back down again in two years. Not necessarily. Like they, they've got a little bit around there. I mean, with O'Meara, Tom Mitchell in the midfield. I don't now. see it with O'Meara at this stage yet. Old mate Sicily when he's playing. <laughs> Old mate. He's like one of their few young players, like 23. Um, clog, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, to be honest, O'Meara... I'm yet to see ga- anything remotely game-changing from him. No, not game-changing. He looks like a good, ordinary player at this point. No, he's a bit more than good. He's a good player. He's more than good, ordinary. But I put him in the Dom Tyson category at this stage. <sighs> and probably not as well uh, yeah, He's probably playing about as well as Dom Tyson is right now. He did but... get picked for the first two rounds, though, so you know that gives him a... <laughs> Just the first <laughs> round, mate. He was back in round two. two. Uh, Hawthorne allowing Rance to play the way he wants to play? Like, yes and no, but Hawthorne don't have an option. They don't have enough forward targets that are worth actually playing on. And Asprey and Grimes are good enough. This is what's actually Richmond's, one of Richmond's real strengths. Asprey and Grimes aren't liabilities defensively, so you don't have, you can play Rance the way they they're, like to play Rance. They're really defensively, Richmond. Yeah, exactly. Especially tall. Their intercept marking is fantastic. And because who do you care about other than Roughhead in Hawthorne's forward line? And to be honest, Roughhead, he's not really a contested marking player that much anymore. He's fine. And he's he, the start of the year. He monstered Geelong, but that was because he was on Zach Guthrie. Yes, that is true. That's a, <laughs> that is a fact. That's like a 12-year-old playing football against a 6-year-old. R- Roughhead never, never really was a monster, though. Yeah, that's Ruffhead's very true. always been a dynamic getting up the ground. But I think that, that's... Mostly my point is that doesn't really worry Richmond all that much. That's that true. doesn't you can't really take Rance away from the ball because if Ruffhead's leading around leading a defender around all the time, why would you waste Rance on that? Where where are you placing Richmond now? Are, are you I I think I'm largely more positive than I was at the start of the season. I think the Adelaide loss is something which happens to a good team. Yeah. Um and I think their other performances have been pretty good. I think they're solid to good. I haven't been wowed by them yet. I haven't gone once, and I've. I was I was not wowed by them once last year until about prelim final week, and I was like, <laughs> oh, "Okay, they can win the flag." I, they're not a wow team; they're a clinical team. People talk about their small forwards how that makes them good. It's not. It's not that which makes them good. It's how directly they get it into those players. Mm. They're, they're they are. One of the most, the, the, I think, stats long kicks. They're one of the highest in the comp, and they're just they're just so direct with their movement, and they get it in so quickly that there's space for those small forwards, and then they put the pressure on and lock it in. Yeah, I think a lot of teams are probably trying that small forward thing now, but they're not doing it as well because they're not getting the ball down. I think a large well. part of it is also holding it in. They're, they're yes next to impossible to counterattack. Yes, against. so the, the combination of those two things is their real strength. That and Dustin Martin. Um, <laughs> But yeah. I don't know. There's I, a couple I, of moments they had where I was like, this is a premiership side where, you know, how good sides when they're up and about. You say just machine? Like they oh just. No, no, just. No. They look bigger and stronger and mm-hmm. faster and like. They just look at another level in a couple of moments. And really weirdly, it was like Camden McIntosh who made me think that. It's like he's not one of their best players, but he has these moments where he just. Camden! 
Is he a massive? He's the weirdest dude. He's a really he's, odd fella. He's really good at everything but kicking. Um, <laughs> I just he has these moments where he just a break the line that you don't think he should be able to. All right, and you look at that, and you look at then a couple of other guys, and Dusty does this the most, and that's what makes him special. It's just untackleable. But there's an arrogance in the way they will run through players and run through lines that I think that is the most I've been impressed by Richmond so far this I, year. See, I, I, don't, I don't feel that. I, I never watch a game and think, wow, they're just completely overwhelming and knocking them over. So the thing which I get impressed about with Richmond is I get a bit of a sitting back being like, gee, they're moving well as a unit. Like They're, they're clinical. They get their... They're, 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 as I was saying, they're direct. They're clean. Yeah, and, and they really move as a system. And that that's what makes them good. I think they're a well-coached outfit is, is what it is more than anything. And I, I never really get a wow factor with them. Um, but, again, last year it was the same. So I, I'm, a, I'm getting more concerned about Richmond than I was. I'd still project them four to eight at this point. I'm not I can overly... see them finishing top four now, which is a bit concerning. Well, you, the only reason you couldn't see them finishing top four is a couple of assumptions. On, you know, Premiership Hangover, they weren't actually that good. Not Premiership Hangover. I never thought of that. It was they're not actually that good. Their yeah. list is not impressive, but they move really well as a yeah, unit, and they all play to a structure. Yeah, well, anyway, let's move on. Uh, next game. Oh, uh, the Good Friday puns were out on St Kilda's banner uh, against Adelaide, but uh, we had a real resurrection here. Western Bulldogs defeated Essendon by 21. I was pretty chuffed about it, to be honest, Banjo. Why? Because you bloody hate the doggies, and I like you being wrong. Yeah, but I'm right about Essendon, so it's winning. <laughs> right about it. We, we both say about the same thing about Essendon. Yeah, but I didn't have them in the eight, and I got shit for it. I think I had them eighth. You had them ninth, didn't you? <laughs> Ten. <laughs> Which is clearly very different, and to be honest, I think we're both wrong. I think they're below both of us. But this is really bad for Essendon. Western Bulldogs, I think are getting more congratulated than they should be. I, um, I, 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 I did manage to watch a fair chunk of this game. Um, well, look at you doing your job. <laughs> my job, mate. I'm not getting paid this year. No. <laughs> this was more of a kicking game than I expected. From what... Yeah. I think for these first three rounds, I found it really interesting with the dogs. That I think most of, it have just been, most of us have just been expecting that... We're trying to watch Luke Beveridge trying to bring back what happened a year ago. Yeah, the handball. And trying to just, yeah, just getting numbers to the ball, the handball, breaking the lines that way. The first two rounds, we didn't see that at all. And I think I wrote that off as their effort wasn't there like it used to be. So that's why they're not doing it. They're still trying to do it. But so you think it's a tactical there. change? Yeah, well, this game they won. And it, there wasn't, it wasn't a handball happening. 150 game. marks. Exactly. They were just picking their way through the zone with kicking, short kicking. And maybe it's maybe it's Beveridge. He's obsessed with being like a Clarkson and just trying to change his game. Yeah, and he's just, he's yeah he's trying to just revolutionise things. But the, across the first three weeks, the Dogs have not looked like the same outfit they were in twenty sixteen. Not not in a positive or negative way, but just I think they are doing things differently. Yeah, I do think large parts of it was still. I think he played a lot more conservative, a lot more conservative lineup. This week, he didn't try and extend players beyond what they could do, which he had been doing the first couple of rounds, and I think that really helped. He, to be honest, I think Essendon were just bad, though. No, but from, but from a pure game sense, the effort was there this week, and they weren't trying to do the same stuff. Yeah, that's fair, but they also 
could walk out of a contest and, and kick the ball. They didn't have to push the ball through hands to get out of the contest. I think a Is year it, ago they would have tried to. Yeah, that's, that's possibly fair, but I don't really take much out of this for the Bulldogs is what I'm trying to get across. I just think Essendon went terrible. Essendon, uh, I, I said it right from the start, they're going to be the most unpredictable, inconsistent team. Their best will be fantastic. They move the ball so quickly, frighteningly, frighteningly yeah. quickly. Uh, they're defensively really, really poor. So they, they will get shown up regularly as well. And Essendon supporters will be tearing their hair out all year because they'll look great and then they'll have a terrible week. They'll probably yeah, they beat Adelaide around one, which just doesn't make sense on yeah. the rest of the season. And to be fair, they were outplayed for three quarters in that game. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, just... How many players on Essendon's list do you look at and think there's real substance and consistency to that player. So I think like even Joe Danaher there's not. Not at He's all. He's probably their best. I think I, I would say that about Heppel. I would say that about Hurley. I'd, I'd go I, Hurley. I think I'm struggling to pick anymore. I really am. They, Zaharakis maybe? No, Zaharakis has been really up and down throughout his career. I think he puts think in the marriage weeks. Is a different kind of substance, more of an Andrew Gaff substance than yeah, Merritt's probably inside. But he's been really bad this year, so he can't. Yeah, and I think that's adjusting to a tag. I'll give him some credit, but that's about it. Maybe I don't know who else could you possibly. Devin Smith has been their most substantial player this year outside of her, and he's he's not. That's not that's not what Devin Smith should be bringing to your team. No, he's a talented, but. To, be, to be fair to him, he did leave GWS because he wanted to be that, be what he's been allowed to do at Essendon. Okay. So I think his conception of himself is different to what we saw him as, and that might be due to circumstance. So I'm not willing Perhaps, to Perhaps, but I'm not going to put in. my money on him playing well every single week. No, that's a really fair point. Guys like Orazio, Tipper, and like they're all really good players, really exciting, but you're not going to bank on them. They, they don't have that... Structure there. No, I think that's that's a really good way of playing, um, portraying their issues. It's it's just there's no one who you'd look at in a final that would stand up, and very oh, little. I guess Goddard, but he doesn't really count. He's not one of theirs. Yeah, like I don't really back Goddard to play well. <sighs> he he's, won he's, just, he's old. Like he's, no, he's, yeah, a, he's a great play. he's been a great player, but he's, he's old. And I, these days, I'm not going to say Goddard's going to be great every week. Yeah, so let's move on. West Coast fed Geelong by 15. <laughs> really stiff in the end, Geelong. Geelong have had a bloody tough run. Yeah. They haven't had a backline all year, and then just chunks of their midfield have just been, been taken out. They didn't have Danger, then they didn't have Duncan, and now they've got their three new injuries. Yeah, and I'm seeing a lot of criticism of Geelong saying they're a maximum kick away from being 0-3, but they're also a... Like someone kicking goal instead of behind against Hawthorne and not getting these injuries away from being three and zero. I have no question at all they would have won this game if it weren't for those injuries. Oh, absolutely! Well, they that... ran over the top of West Coast. They were clear. They were two goals clear, mm-hmm. and then they got beaten by circumstance. It was it was funny. I, I tip West Coast and I watched the first half. You would have been really confident. I, I, I was thinking, like, why would I ever... I, I, I went in thinking it was a, a dangerous tip. And I was yeah. thinking, why was I ever worried about this? West Coast looked like a far better outfit, far better drilled, mm. just well on top here. And then Geelong were amazing after, after well, for a quarter and a half. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they were pretty stiff in the end. So, something which has to be said about Geelong, 
if you're talking about their midfield and people are trying to say, you know, they have the best midfield because they've got the Holy Trinity and all that rubbish, mm. they can't have the best midfield because they do not have a reasonable ruckman. And that, yeah, I that, think it's really hurting them. That absolutely killed them in the last 10 minutes. If, I, if Nick Nat wasn't playing, I reckon Geelong would have won I think they well. have to play Zach Smith just as a body. Play him like a Tom Bell Chambers. You don't expect, you don't need him to be influential, but you need him to halve contests because Stanley can't do that. He's not big enough. They don't have a Ruckman who has substance that can actually do anything to limit the influence of the opposition unless they're playing Zach Smith. Do you, a couple of years ago, the Dogs won the Premiership without a reasonable Ruckman. Third man up. It was, it was third man up. But I think there is a way in which teams can manage to play defensively in a stoppage. To be fair, and find you a did it last year when Gorn was down. Your clearance numbers were better without Gorn because you you found a structure that worked that was uh, defensive enough to shark hit outs. Geelong are too offensively minded. Exactly, to do that. exactly. They're, they're, that's exactly what I was trying to get to. Their midfielders. They do not know how to set up in that way. They, no. they they are all just trying to get the ball and break through and win games off their own boot. That's all Dangerfield thinks yeah. about it. And we love him for it. We love Ablett for it. It's what makes them great. Yes. But, but it's a bit like GWS. There's no... Remember when two years ago when GWS didn't have any tries? Yes. They didn't have the ball when they didn't have Langdon. It was just like they're two one way. And I think that is what's getting them. So are we going to say that the Ablett inclusion isn't that good? No. I'm not ready to do that. I'm yet. not. I'm not ready to do that either. But there's there's definitely there's an issue there. Where I, but I think it would be as simple as if they if Max Gorn was in their team, or I won't use Max. If Nick Nat was in their team, they would be I, unstoppable. I think you could go a lot, unstoppable. I think you could go a lot further down the ruck tent pole, yeah, true. totem pole, and true. just find Braden Proust. I think they'd be near uh, You're probably right. They should get him. That'd be great. Yeah, they should, be give, they should give us our danger field for him. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but it's, it's, that, it's that bigger... It's that, I see it as that significant, not having a reasonable Ruckman. Yeah, I think we have to take a little bit of a breath and wait until they have a full complement of their midfield. Yeah. I'm not sure they're really going to get much of a shot with it. Danger... No, not danger. Ablett's out... Duncan will probably be back, but you know they've missed him so far. Guthrie, I'm not sure how long he's out for, but and I know he's playing more defensive, but he's still a guy who can run through there. And uh, the back line, I think Henderson's back soon. I don't have any idea what's happening with Harry Taylor. I, I think they gave him about eight weeks okay. or six weeks when he first went out, and that's a it's a big injury what he got. Mm. It's not going to be at his age. There is a chance he's never what he was. Which is really worrying. But they do have an adequate... Like, with Henderson in, it makes their backline look so much better. Yeah. And I think you don't really need more than one key defender to actually take a key forward. Key defenders the beyond that are generally intercepting players at this stage. Because how many teams have a solid tall forward line? It's probably Adelaide. Who else... North play GWS. two tools, GWS do. There's not many teams that play two tools that play them as two tools. Even North is playing Jared Wade on the wing because there's no real room for yeah, two tools. Yeah, yeah. So act, the guy that actually needs to take a body, they should be okay with Henderson in. But still, you'd rather have both. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, let's get to it. Uh, just quickly, I'm already happy to call that 
Liam Ryan out for West Coast is actually a massive out. Yeah, no, no, I, I love that guy. Um, we've, been, we've been talking about how the, the lack of X Factor that they've had for three yeah, years. really fair He It gives them some. <laughs> and I was thinking, so I was watching exciting. the game thinking, like, maybe this is what made West Coast. Yeah, I think he's a genuinely really good player. Yeah. Um, he creates opportunities where they wouldn't normally have opportunities. And mm-hmm. that's something West Coast has really struggled with. If they didn't, if their system didn't work to create a goal, they really struggled. Exactly. They need something freakish occasionally to give them that top up. And he, he was giving it to them. And, and Darling's been much better without <laughs> Kennedy. I was just about to say. It, it's funny how he, he, he's one of those players who likes to dominate. Mm. And you can see how much he's enjoying being the number one forward. It'll be, so that'll be a big It'll be interesting to mark. see the fallout at the end of this season when they're both yeah. in what happens with who performs and who doesn't. Very interesting. And does one of them... Josh Darling gets sick of being second fiddle. Yeah, that yeah. will be fascinating. But let's get to our top five. Uh, I'm not sure if we've done this one before, but uh, no, we haven't. We haven't. Yeah, wow. No. Yeah. Well, I was wrong then. We're going to the top five footy shows. Yeah. Because um, yeah, we're struggling. I, re- <laughs> I realized very quickly how few good ones that there actually are. Uh, I managed to get to about eight or nine on the list of footy shows <laughs> and then it struggled. I don't even think I got that far. But anyway, my number five, it's it's a bit of a shout out. They're terrible you now. Don't, you don't even know. Can I go with my honourable mention? Oh yeah, mention? you can go with your honourable mention. Well, it's actually a dishonourable mention. Uh, it's but, that's never show. been a thing. You can't bring this into the segment. I'm sure you said Harvey's name in frustration at some point. So I am bringing it into the segment. It's my segment. Leave me alone. <laughs> it's not my segment. It's it is my segment. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, the footage show, it sucks, and your number five, or wherever you've got it, is going to be a farce because it's on there. <laughs> it's, my, it's my number five as a shout-out. It's wrong. It was a great show for a long time. A great show, and it's very sad what has yes. happened to it. And as soon as we got out of nappies, we realised... No, I loved it two years ago. It's fallen off a cliff, man. Although, I, I've watched half an episode this year. I actually didn't mind it. The thing is, when they try to be funny, it's embarrassingly poor. When they try to do something big, it's it's so bad. But when it's just like Sam just being Sam, I really enjoy it. It puts a smile on my face. And it always has, and it's a beautiful show. Yeah, it's I can't, sad what's I can't get behind your love of Sam, but uh, we'll move on because it's not a particularly... Uh, it's a pretty controversial <laughs> topic, that one. Uh, I find we've got front bar. I don't particularly watch it, but I like it when I do. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just find it a bit meh. I mean, I, it's it's worth it. It's something to sit back and kind of half pay attention to and chuckle occasionally yeah. at. But it's it's nothing I'm going to be, oh, the front bar's on tonight. I can't I wait. I think it's just a better version of the footy show. It's, they're completely different. Their setups are so different. Yeah, but The front they're, they're bar so... is meant to be just like little gags sitting back lighthearted. When the footy show is meant to be a big setup and it's meant to be a big event. Yeah, and you just said that part of the footy show sucks. And when they're... It does now, yes. And but but they're trying they're... to be different things. That's fine. <laughs> but what the footy show does well, according to you, is not as done well as it is on the front bar. I think that's our These days, yeah, you're probably right. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. What's your four? Four, I've gone with On the Couch, which was a show I really liked back when it was Jared, Mike Sheehan, and then they'd they chop and change it. Was yeah. one. Mike Sheehan's great, I love him. The, 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 the On the Couch is fine. Like It's good in the sense that they do actually try to analyse the game. They analyse it tactically, like, like we do, Yeah, you know, that, that, that sort of level. And um, I'm a big fan of it, like, Ames. I, I love what it's yes. trying to do. My my criticism of it is 
they move on too quickly. Like they, they try to fit so much into a show that they'll bring up an issue and they'll have a small chat about it and it'll just be getting interesting and they'll be like, oh, now we're going to move on to the next Yeah, game. it's always Jared Healy. <laughs> yeah, well that, but that's his role and that's what that's they're true. trying to do. But I, I would rather if they talk about less, but there's actually substance to what they talk yeah. about. Yeah, so I, I agree 100% and I hadn't noticed till he pointed it out to me. Yeah. But um, it just, Jared Healy's, and let's get to whatever, it just annoys the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, my four was the Sunday footy show. Okay. I think it's a good version of the footy show. They talk about footy enough for it to be a footy show. And they're lighthearted as well. Yeah, there's an extremely good balance with that show. They have their little bits where they're funny and there's banter, mm. but they actually do talk about the footy as well. Yeah, and, and they visually analyse things in a way that only really on the couch bothers to do, which I don't understand how we have two shows that try and do that, but... Yeah, again, props to the effort. Another love that I have of the Sunday Footy Show comes from the fact that being a student for the last however many years, mm. I always know when I'm able to All watch of your years. <laughs> when I'm able to watch the Sunday Footy Show on a Sunday morning, I know that life's going all right because I'm not stressing about work, I'm not stressing about what study I need to get done. So when I can sit back and watch the Sunday Footy Show, I'm happy. Yes. Yeah, side note: this just this discussion just reminded me that AFL Game Day. Was a TV show, so let's oh, move yeah, on I forgot about that, but that's definitely not in the top five. <laughs> uh, who's your three? My three, uh, I've gone with Access All Areas at number three. Oh, too low, too low. Standard's gone down slightly. I know, um, I know you're not a fan of Jimmy. Jimmy's a bit boring, isn't he? They miss Gaz. Gaz was the best part of yeah, it. Damo's good at what he does. Damo's very good at like playing second fiddle to someone who's quite good. I, I think his yes, role is yes, to be exactly. the second banana, but neither Lloyd... No. And I like Lloyd. Lloyd's neither fine, Lloyd yeah. or Bartel are good enough to carry that show, and Damo needs someone to carry it for Lo- him to shine. Lloyd, still, like, Lloyd brings opinions. Bartel is very, very boring so far. But look, it's still... It, I love the bite size. You watch it on a Monday, and it just gets you on top of all the issues for the week. It's, it's a really good, good thing to watch. Yeah, no, I... It's all the preparation we do for this podcast, so you know how highly we're regarded. It's very important to us. Uh, yeah, my three, I've gone footy classified. Really, mate? Yeah. It's a terrible it show. It is, but it's I love it. It's just a hype fest. It's, it's just yeah. the Hutchie trying to troll everyone. And that's what I appreciate about it. We 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 idolise Kane Corns. We respect Kane Corns. This is the forerunner to the Kane Corns role. <laughs> Hutchie is Kane Corns' boss. Is, uh, Hutchie is uh, the school of Kane Corns. Is straight from the school of Hutchie. There are a lot of. You have to respect there. the uh, the master if you're going to respect the apprentice. And to be honest, I kind of find it slightly amusing the way they all yell at each other. I, I just <laughs> I enjoy whatever the chemistry is there. It's mainly people yelling at Caro and Caro thinking they're just idiots. I just enjoy that. <laughs> I just say there's a reason why it comes on at about three a.m. <laughs> it's on at seven on like channel seven hundred and forty-eight. Like, wait, what? It's on Gem at seven thirty or something. Well, is it pretty classified? Yeah, I think so. No, it's not. It's on one other. I don't think so. It's on like ten, ten forty. Yeah, on the main channel, and then on like oh. one of the other channels. Oh, I'm not so watching because I have access to Fox now. I have to watch some sort of. I feature. can get you access <laughs> to Fox so easily. Doesn't matter. <laughs> my my number two. I've got the Sunday Footy Show. So yeah, we've we'll got it on the couch. We've both discussed that. My number one, and I'm going to lead here because you were wrong. I've got access all areas. If there's one thing I put the plebs on Footy Podcast stamp of approval on, it's on access all areas. If you only have 15 minutes, don't listen to the first 15 minutes of this show because that's all about the games that don't matter. Listen to Access All Areas. I, I have no issues with you putting Access All Areas in. I have a massive issue with you not having AFL 360 in. That is the best show by a street. It's daylight. 
AFL 360. I'm going to be awesome. 100% honest. I was looking at my list of when we started the segment going, huh, I forgot AFL 360. That's a great show. They, they talk about footy. I love the, the, the chemistry between the two of them. Jared's the best, the best journo by a long way. Yeah. And Robbo's a really good foil for him. I, I can't, I, he's an idiot, but I, I like him. I but enjoy Jared him. is smart enough to need an idiot. <laughs> Uh, no, and I, I agree with you. I like it. I just haven't watched it enough. I didn't grow up with it. All the time the where I had... I watch it like every night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sad. Uh, all the years, like growing up, where I would have had all the time in the world to watch AFL 360 all the time, I just didn't have Fox. So, I don't have the emotional attachment. It's our Great top show. five. It's not an objective thing. It's subjective, so leave me alone. Anyway, do you want to do cane corns or uh, the questions? Uh, well, let's just do the cane corns. Okay. Well, the can you can you name this, can you discuss what the segment is for for our new listeners? See, Scott, I think after three listens, they probably get the idea. But no, it's the <laughs> it's the biggest call of the week that we think is slightly dubious. We're um, we're big fans of the idea of just calling something out, throwing darts at the board, and seeing hoping you get a bullseye. But we've got to point out some that don't quite hit. And we've got a pretty good one this week, I think. Yeah, I, think uh, I was happy with this. My, we had a pretty rubbish one, and then we found this. So we're quite happy about it. Uh, Michael Christians should resign for speaking to a junior umpire. This is Tom Elliott, uh, John Elliott's uh, uh, son. So he knows all about resigning in disgrace. But uh, <laughs> True. But this is a terrible call. Sam McClure broke the story, and even he was like, oh... I don't really see this going anywhere. And that guy is all about sensationalism. Exactly. Like, it's just, it's such a nothing story. I mean, he shouldn't have done it. It was a little bit inappropriate, but he should resign. Oh, my God. That is a classic. It's it's a a, a pretty bad example, but it was not, it wasn't, he didn't do it Glenn Archer and assault somebody at a football game. He didn't do it Alistair Clarkson. (laughs) If he did that. Yeah, okay, yeah Alice Clarkson it. still has a job. <laughs> yeah, true. Glenn Archer's still on North Board. True. Like, yeah. there's way worse stuff that goes on than having a civil conversation, however condescending it was, and enabling it was for other people. But uh, we also like to bring in our own versions of this, our own big calls that we think are pretty risky, but might come off. What's your take? Now, the the uh, tribunal is going on at the moment, so perhaps what I'm suggesting will actually happen. I'm going to look for a live update while you say this. I think Conor McKenna should be deported back to Ireland. I think that is it. He comes into our country to play our national game, and he disgraces himself by biting someone. Now, that, that biting is so far outside what is acceptable in the game. Like Even punching someone's like at least... You have a bit of push and shove in the game and you've taken it too far. Like, that's bad. Is this worse than Barry Hall on Brent Staker? Yeah, I think so. Do you think this is worse than Barry Hall on I Brent think Staker? so, mate. Barry Hall could have killed Brent they Staker. They probably should have deported Bazza back to Ireland as well. I think he's probably English if you go back far enough. Like to wherever he came from. But this isn't a scrub that biting. There is just no sense of biting being anywhere near what is okay in a game of footy. Send him back to where he came from. Oh, uh, Update, he's gotten between two and four weeks, as oh. we speak, with a fine on top of it. Uh, the jury is still deliberating on the exact sentence. Um, I'm sure by the time anybody listens to this, they'll actually know. I'm but I don't think it. he's been deported, so... Uh, well, they, they've missed the boat on that. So uh, mine, mine's, uh, <laughs> mine, mine's pretty big. It's pretty ballsy. I've gone... 
trading away Jared Lyons for absolutely nothing was a worse decision than not bringing over Bryce Gibbs the first time around. Wait, what? Say that again. <laughs> so trading away Jared Lyons for pick 43 is worse than when they didn't get Bryce Gibbs for two first round picks. And people, Why are you so obsessed with Jared Lyons all of a sudden? I just am. I love him. And so <laughs> people were talking as though with, uh, with Bryce Gibbs, Adelaide would have won the premiership. I think you could make the same case for Jared Lyons. Oh, I don't think you could. I think you could. I don't think there is that big a gap between Bryce Gibbs and... Uh, Jared Lyons to reflect the difference in I what think, they were I think there is a substantial gap. Jared Lyons is very good at being a trier. Bryce Gibbs is a star. He's more than a trier. He's not a star. He'll be the all Australian. Is he an age later? You, I mean, he's not as good as Dom Tyson. He's much better than <laughs> Dom Tyson. He's not an A grader. He's not an absolutely No problem. way, mate. If he's not an A grader, Dom Tyson is about an E grader. He is a lot better than Dom Tyson. Yeah, he's not an A grader, mate. He's a he's a B plus at best. <laughs> okay, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm going to maybe amend it a little, so a bit of a prediction. I think he'll make the All Australian squad of forty if he plays every game. Nah, no one will pay any attention to him. <laughs> he plays for Gold Coast. So we'll go move on to the questions. We'll run through them quickly. Wait, actually, no, no. I'm butting in here. I've got a bone to pick with you. Charlie Hay put up two very good, pertinent questions, and you deleted them. You're I, a disgrace. You are so bitter. His quest- we're asking his questions, oh all right? Oh, no. His first question, should the AFL introduce... You know what's a- going to be great is when I delete this part from the podcast. You better not. Should the AFL hey, Scott, Scott, introduce... Scott, Scott. That's a big enough pause. I can delete it from there. You're a disgrace. <laughs> should the AFL introduce a promotional relegation system with the state leagues to give North season some relevance? North has never won the wooden spoon since the 1970s or something, 80s maybe. So Does anyone I care, care what's happening to North Melbourne right now? Yeah. Or the, most the last important 10 years? The, the most important person. The only the way that North will be a relevant club is if this, this is introduced. Ricky, Question two. Scott, Ricky Ponting cares. Australian legend. So. <laughs> <laughs> and Peter Siddle. Question two. Given the issues surrounding Tasmanian football and the utter irrelevance of North Melbourne in the game, should North just be relocated to make everybody happy and fix some problems? See, what I'm excited about is for I the think first we've been time, asked that question before. <laughs> I think we have. No, I think you just asked that question. For the first time, you're not going to be able to blame me for this going over an hour. I'm not going to cut things out now. I'm going to have the full-length pod that oh, we you normally Oh, come on. Because you there wasted were two very good time, questions, everybody's time. Unlike your club. no reason at all. Look, Charlie's just upset because his team isn't playing that well, and I get that. I know it's hard to handle uh, poor performance. I get that. I had the end of 2016. That hurt. You saw me. I was devastated. But, Charlie, you had three premierships in the last 11 years. You've been in the top four eight of those years or something. You're going to have a better So they're relevant, unlike your club. Oh, sorry, Scott. When did you last win a final? <laughs> this year. <laughs> we haven't got to finals yet, Scott. Yeah, it'll happen, though. You didn't even make the AFLW grand final. Yeah, we were very stiff. And you should have. Oh, come on. Move on, mate. <laughs> okay, we have a real question from Charlie. Is Tim oh, Ke- a real question. That was good question. Is Tim Kelly the next Sean Burgoyne? Uh, he's pretty good. He is pretty good. I um, don't think he's quite the same style as Sean Burgoyne. Yeah. But I do like him. He's one of those players who you watch one game and you're like, oh, yeah, that, that was pretty good. And then a few games later, you're like, oh, he, he's genuinely good. He's, he's doing, doing this consistent, consistently. Yeah. Um, and he, he makes a big difference to them because they've had some strikes. He strikes me as a 
better Tuk Miller is the comparison I'd make. A far better Tuk Miller. Not actually far better. Tuk Miller's not bad. Yeah, he's not great. He's not bad though. <laughs> and Tim Kelly's at the moment above average. He's not anything he's above elite. that. He's yet. pretty good. He is, but you can't say he's elite if you're not going to say Jared Lyons is elite. So he's bloody consistent. He's not elite. <laughs> yeah, so then he's above <laughs> average. I'm not, I didn't say Jared Lyons is better than him. But like... Go away. <laughs> so just how bad is the effect of local support on umpiring and way? And are there any ways to manage this? Also asked by Charlie, I wonder why Geelong supporter cough cough. <laughs> yeah, see, you acknowledge he's just bitter and upset. So come on. <laughs> yeah, but the other question. <laughs> Uh, no, it, look, it exists. It exists, but I, I honestly don't think there's anything you can do about it, and it's just it's inevitability. And like, umpires do the best they can. Yeah, I think you have to try and train them slight, somehow to not be somehow. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a sports <laughs> psychologist. Maybe play the Richmond theme song over and over while blindfolded. That seems to work. Um, but yeah, no, I think yeah, I, you just have to. Uh, you just have to do something because you can't let what's going on go on because for some teams there is an outsized home field advantage in what they really deserve. Well, may, maybe they deserve it because they don't get a grand final at home. So, you know, it le- levels things out a little bit. It's not just like <laughs> Collingwood don't deserve it. Collingwood don't get that big of crowds anymore. <laughs> You just said how they were relevant because they got 70,000 last week. <laughs> I said week. the Friday night game is relevant. Ugh, you're just so inconsistent, Scott. I don't even know why. Well, at least I'm not being bitter and sweeping questions under the rug, you flog. I'm really glad you took the time <laughs> to get that one out. Uh, next question. Do you tag Tom Mitchell? Yeah, you try it. Yeah. yeah. You definitely do try. It might be one of those things a few teams give it a crack for a little bit. It might not work, and then people give up on it. Then you, you can't, try you can't accept that someone's going to be doing what he's doing. No, he is unbelievable at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like He's just so far and away the best accumulator in the game. And he actually... I think he's actually impacting the game more this year than last year as well. It's not yeah, just he's getting more of it, but he's being more damaging with it. He's getting more ball forward to centre. He's kicking yeah. goals. He, uh, Yeah, he's just... In unbelievably good nick. I have this weird... I've been thinking about it, though. I kind of... This doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you say it, but I think he's both too good to tag and also not good enough. <laughs> he's too good to tag in the contest because he doesn't matter. I don't think you can stop him in the contest. I think he's going to win the ball no matter what. I don't think you can stop what he's good at. He's just too strong and too clever. And I don't know if he's damaging enough outside the contest to waste the resources. That did make sense. Well done. So, he's not Dangerfield who, when he runs away from the contest, that kills you and you've got to try and stop that from happening. So, at least if he's getting the ball, you can limit his impact. Tom Mitchell's impact with the ball is pretty even all throughout. And it's because he's so good in the contest and his spread is so good as a link man, not necessarily as Mm. a uh, line breaker or anything like that. And I just don't know. I think it's a conundrum, really. And I feel sympathy with Buckley because I kind of think that might have been what he was talking about when he said Tis 50 yeah, touches didn't I, I, He was wrong. I still but... think if you tag him, he's not going to get 50 and he's not going to impact the game. Yeah, I think but you I have to try, saying. but I'm not sure how like how good it's going to work. Yeah, yeah. Um, but last one, last question. Is Clarkton a hypocrite for calling out Selwood with Puapolo and his team? This is a slightly leading question because the answer is obviously yes. Did you ask this question? Or did no, I did not. You to ask? I did not. <laughs> well, I mean, 
Yeah, kind of. <laughs> well, every every team does it. Every team does it, and I every actually every team has one player at least who does it. And I Although honestly I'm not don't sure care. Do without uh, Lindsay. I think we delisted out. <laughs> that, that, that was the reason. Uh, I, I honestly don't care. It was about a moral that stand. That and Pokies were the two big moral stands we made. Oh, actually, serious moment for a sec. Congratulations on oh, getting rid of them. Yeah, thank you. That was yeah. my, my call. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't really care. But. Oh, it's, it's, it's a good thing to do. <laughs> yeah, Pokies ruin lives. I suppose so, but I'm they're going to ruin lives anyway. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah, it's about pressuring the government to reduce the amount of them. I don't think that's going to stop the government, really. But Yeah, we Although... Too much money. Yeah, there's too much lobbying. Uh, but yeah. And what are your thoughts overall on the dropping the knees argument? Oh, like, I honestly, like, don't care about it that much. I, I've said this before. I think it's a it's a good part of... It's a part of the game. If you can exploit the rules and you get a few free kicks going, with free kicks going high, fine, go for it. And that's good on you. Like, I think that makes Selwood would a better player be, than he's exploited it. Would you be... Like, would you think it's out... It's the wrong thing to do to make the arm shrug, to flick the arm up for high attack. Would you think that making that a play on like they did with the driving head? Would you think that's the wrong thing to do? Uh, or would you just be like, don't carry the way? No, I'm, I'm honestly not that fast. I don't think it's as big a blight on the game that people say is, is my point. Remember, I was at the one of the Bulldogs finals, and I remember every time they got a duck and tree kick, I'd get up and say, "Great play, doggies!" Because it is good play. Yeah, Toby McLean played it really well that he day. He played it brilliantly. Good on him. If it's there, go for it. I, I don't think it's that much of a disgrace, but anyway. Fair enough. I'm slightly against it because of the inconsistent media attention it gets. Some players are congratulated for it, and some aren't. Yes, yeah, so all right. He, he, he doesn't play for you anymore. Stop on this Lindsay he Thomas six thing. six goals in the Sandfield the other day. Six goals, four. He's back. See, I don't like him, but not because he's a ducker, because he plays for North Melbourne. What are you going to think of him now? Because he doesn't play for uh, North Melbourne. Well, I mean, he's, he he's, he's just like a club now. He's irrelevant. <laughs> Come on, let's do dips. Fuck, you're an arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no, before we tip, we we're just going to... Just going to put a little bit of oh, all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've been advised that raising the stakes a little bit would be a good idea. We've now, um, yeah, the tips are a little boring, aren't they? they yeah, yeah. Excitement. We, it was quite funny last week, I thought. A bit on the North Melbourne-Melbourne game, but that's a once in a blue moon. It's never going to be funny again, really, because you won. Um, <laughs> Damn right. So we're just going to put a call out. If anybody has an idea of what bet we should place between the two of us on who does better at the end of the season or every to the buys, or when, when do you think we should do it? Maybe a half year. And yeah, year. so we'll do it to the first buys. So on the Trump by one. So. Yeah, so neck and neck. <laughs> uh, so if you've got any ideas, send them in. We'll put a post up as well, but uh, yeah. It'll be the work, one. Pooch. Give yeah. some ideas. Wasn't James? Producer. No, no, but he like he's someone who'll actually send in ideas. Okay, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> I wonder if James will. Okay, uh, so first tip: Friday night, Adelaide, Collingwood, Adelaide. Yep. Giants, Dockers in Sydney. Giant land. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> the Giants up the beanstalk. Um, are the Giants up the Jack and the Beanstalk? Is that what it is? I don't know. Yeah, there is a giant. Yeah, there, giant, yes. yeah. So there we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Richmond Lions at the G. Oh, gee, we've got a fair uh, gold jacket, green jacket week coming up. <laughs> I reckon Richmond. Yeah, those first three might be pretty <laughs> they're, they're easy. All Dog Sydney. Uh, Sydney. Sydney as well, but um, the dogs play quite well against Sydney, so be interesting. Yeah, I'd give them a chance. Uh, North Carlton. Carlton. In Tasmania. Carlton. 
Okay, you can have that tip wrong. You better actually tip like that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> the Taz is the only thing that... The only me. thing. Which is a bit... Yeah, if I was at the G, I would tip Carlton, yes. Oh, just wrong. Uh, Eagles, Suns, <laughs> fifth first six. Blockbuster game, who would have thought it? Uh, Eagles. Yeah. I, don't, I know the Suns have stayed there for the week, but they didn't handle the ground too well. Maybe they do a bit better this it's, second round. It's going to be on our own. Uh, Essendon, Port at Etihad. Port Adelaide. Yes, I think Port Adelaide. And, uh, Essendon's a good matchup for Port. I think what Essendon do well, Port do better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hawks, Melbourne. I'm actually like really, really on the fence. But just because I'm going to go with my heart, I'll go with Melbourne. But I, I actually have no idea. I think you'll win comfortably. <laughs> I think it's 50-50. Uh, we've got 12th, 15th, Geelong, St. Kilda. Geelong. Yep. Uh, whatever Geelong what's GSM what's their stadium called now it's not Geelong Stadium GMHBA Stadium yeah. but anyway that's the end of the podcast thanks for listening uh, thanks for making it through the extra five minutes because Scott decided to de- derail things you're a flop but uh, we'll be back next week and uh, yeah looking forward to a good round Max, of Maxwell go on champion <laughs>